Welcome to week two of Expand On That, our new weekly Boston 25 sports podcast. I'm here with our own Tom Lydon this week. What's very, up? I'm very honored. You know yeah. what? This should be an opportunity for me to sort of tell people about you. Because right. people see this podcast and they're like, who's this Austin Bumpus guy? And why is he doing a podcast? I've never heard of him. Well, that's true. Because Austin just, you're not even out of school yet, Not right? even out of school yet, it's, officially. It's a remarkable story. You know, we get interns every semester. And Austin was one of our interns in the fall of 2017. And he was just great. You know, I was a person who was very instinctive and responsive and intuitive and would just do things you would tell him once how to do it, and then all of a sudden, you'd never have to tell him the instructions again, and it would be done without you having asked him to do it. It's like, wow, I like this kid. So when a job came open in our web department in the spring, you know, Austin applied for it, and we went running down to the you know web, the head web producer, and said, you got to hire this guy. So that is my ringing endorsement for Austin, because while at this stage of the game, you may not necessarily know much about him personally, I think you'll get to learn that he's really good when it comes to content. It's really good when it comes to instinct. And I'm glad he's on the team, and I'm glad he's taking this podcast to the air. And it'll take time. You know, like anything else, it's going to take some time. But gives us a chance to talk about some things we don't normally talk about on the air. And anything that I can do to help, anything that Butch can do to help, anything that you, the listeners, can do to help, help. Because... You know, this is very fluid. It's a fluid situation we're working with here. And we want to do things that you like. We want to do things that you like to hear. We want to get into topics that you want to hear discussed by people. So if you have something specific that you want to hear discussed, like, for instance, my thumb injury, right? The people want to hear about that, that. right? That's (laughs) what I want to hear about. But we'll talk about the stuff we don't talk about on the air. So that is my ringing endorsement of one Austin Bumpus. Thank you. And I'm learning from one of the best in the biz, I'd say, right here. And I had the pleasure throughout the fall of doing that. But like you said, what we're going to dive in on, right off the bat. I want to hear about this stuff. All right. So if you haven't seen on the air, I've got this pretty big cast on my right hand and it's surrounding my right thumb. And truly, I think this goes back five years because- Five years? Yeah. Five years ago, I suffered a thumb injury, which didn't sound good when it happened. I was leaning back on pavement and I put my hand down and it kind of was supposed to hold all of my weight. And I heard this sound. It sounded like a crunch. And all I can tell you is that it healed. It took forever to heal. It took about two years to heal and feel good. So that got us to, what, 2015 or so? And then it must have been teetering on the brink because this past New Year's Eve, so the last couple hours of 2017, I, was, I went to grab the, my daughter's arms just to kind of calm her down. Um, there was you know, a lot going on at one time. I was like, yo, calm down. And as I went in to grab her arms at her like biceps, she moved forward. And the collision of my hands going forward and her biceps going forward literally caught my right thumb. And it doesn't sound like a lot, right? That's all it takes. That's why I think it was kind of teetering on the brink. Like the previous injury kind of loosened it up a little bit and it was just sitting there ready to tear. So what happened is the ligament tore and we heard it. It was bad. It sounded like the seat of your pants ripping out. I mean, it was... (laughs) And it was everybody heard it in the room. It was like, whoa, and searing pain. And a couple of days later, I got some x-rays taken, and nothing was broken. So at that point, I was hoping it was a, a sprain. And at that point, we had the Patriots in the playoffs, and you knew that there might be a run to the Super Bowl. So any sort of surgery, I was hoping to kind of just put off and wish away. And then it just became clear that it wasn't a sprain, and it kept getting worse and worse, and the thumb was bad. And you can't squeeze anything. You can't pick up a carton of milk. You can't pick up a can. You can't open stuff. 
and you're so inhibited and it makes you appreciate how important your thumb is. And then I would say halfway through March, finally hooked up with a doctor and she said, yeah, that looks as though that that's probably torn based on everything I'm seeing. I had to get an MRI. And if you ever have to get an MRI for your hand, it's the worst thing I've ever had to I do in my life. I think any MRI is going to be the worst well, thing. Well, I'm, I'm okay with the concept of being in an enclosed space. Yes, it's claustrophobic and it sucks. And there's a part of you that says, well, I'll just go to sleep. But if you've had an MRI, it's it is loud. so loud. It's loud. Oh, man. So I was like, okay, this is going to suck. But I went in there, and here's why it was even worse. They put you on your stomach... And then you have to raise your hand, in this case my right hand, over my head like you're sliding into second base, yeah. right? So imagine you're sliding with your hands in front of you, and you're stuck that way for 40 minutes. Did you go in head first and in the machine too? Yes. Yeah. So head first in the machine, hand above your head for 40 minutes. And it's louder that way it too. It was brutal. Yeah. The only MRI I've had was on my knee. And even then, you're sitting there trapped, and like they put the bean bags, I'm assuming, around your leg or hand or whatever. You're stuck there for 45 minutes. They're like, do you want music? And you, I don't know what you picked for music, if anything. No. All I wanted, and I would tell them this going forward, just tell me how much time I've had left. Tell me how much time I have left. But so, then you're sitting there waiting on it. for. No, like, I'd rather know how much time. If they told me, you got 20 minutes, oh, you got 15 minutes, I would have been fine. I think time would have slowed down at that point. I'd much rather sit there, try and listen to music for 20 minutes, and just say, maybe it's going to be over soon. That's the counter argument, and that's why they say they didn't do it. Yeah. So, fast forward, take some time to book a surgery finally had the surgery last friday may 4th may the 4th be with me and it went well so what they do is they reconnect they actually had to take the tendon out of my wrist and they move the tendon from your wrist over to your thumb they reconnect the thumb to the uh, pointer finger and now i'm immobilized until at least the 17th which is two weeks after the surgery and then they're going to put me in another small splint and the hope is that i can get a bit mobile like may 24th but oh it takes so long to get ready i gotta yeah. shave with my left hand i gotta do everything you know, shampoo putting on a dressed. suit it's, i tied 30 ties last yeah, week before I was the surgery you do it. it was it was an experience to say the least because i can't do that i can't even button the one thing that's really annoying is i can't tie my shoes and i can't button the buttons on my shirt so i have people here in the building like buttoning up the buttons on Personal my shirt assistance. it's pretty that's what an intern's supposed to be for. Good, we don't have one right now. I know. We don't have an intern. We've got one starting in May. And, uh, Sierra Goodwill's her name. So maybe she doesn't understand that one of her first roles is going to be she's going to have to button my button so <laughs> I can get tying my tie ties on. And... But no, we're looking forward to having her here too because she's going to be in, like you, she's been very experienced in what she's done in the broadcasting group. So it, it should be good that what she brings in. Now, I should point out I am on painkillers. So the one thing that I have figured out is sometimes my mind does wander a little bit, and I have a hard time finishing sentences. So if that happens during this podcast, just I'm say, here. Tom, shut yeah, up. I'm here to just <laughs> steer you in the right direction. All right. But as we're doing that here, some more bad news after your thumb. Around the same, I think it was the same day you came back, Bruins, all done. And, I mean, so much went wrong, it seems like. I mean, yeah, Lightning, tough team, but so much potential with this Bruins team. What do you think was, like, the main issue? Well, guys just disappeared. I think that was it. I was watching Friday, which is actually the day of the surgery, watching Friday night. And that was the game that they obviously had to win. It was game four at home. At that point, it was 2-1. And you had the feeling that if Tampa came up here and they won both games in Boston, there was no chance they were going to go back down to Tampa and not win that game. So when it goes to OT, you're at least hoping that it's going to be extended a bit. And when it happened so fast, you know, that's the other thing. It's like, as soon as the goal went in, I'm sure myself, along with millions of others in the Boston area, said, oh, that's the season. And what happened? Guys who showed up, most notably in that last game against Toronto, just weren't there. You know, where's Jake DeBrusque? Did you even hear his name called? Yeah. This entire It's series? someone you're looking out for for 
five games or whatever it is, and yeah, never shows up once. But it did surprise me when all was said and done on Sunday when they got eliminated that they even looked at game one, which they won 6-2, to two, and said, we got a little lucky. And you don't usually hear teams say that, but they said, you know, we got some fortunate bounces, and those fortunate bounces didn't really happen for the rest of the series against Tampa. I think Tampa's better. I do take a little bit of solace in the fact that, yes, they got bounced out in the second round, but this was the top seed in the East, and I know that the two teams were battling for that top seed throughout the year, and I know that Boston played Tampa well throughout the year, but I'm not a big fan of how they do the playoffs now. It happened in both the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference that the top two seeds ended up playing each other. So you got Tampa and Boston playing in the second round, the one and two seed. So you lost to, I guess, the top team in the East. We'll see how Tampa does against Washington over the next couple of weeks. It's frustrating, but trust me, and you were even here, there was no excitement about watching the Bruins when we were watching the Bruins back in October and November. I mean, this was the, t- the game that was on the small TV, and we paid attention when the announcers got excited. And when they're playing Vegas, and it's Vegas that you're paying attention to, not the Bruins at that point. So when they took us from that to what they became, it shows you promise. I think that they're the equivalent of, in essence, an Eastern Conference final team because they did lose to the top team in the East. But that's not going to be reflected in the record book. We'll see how good Tampa is. Is Tampa the team that's going to win the Stanley Cup championship? I don't know that you can ever buy into that. You know, how do you feel about when your team loses to the ultimate champion? You know, do you feel better? The Patriots lost to the Eagles, and the Eagles are the Super Bowl champs. It's a little bit different when you're in the, in the yeah. Super Bowl itself. But I always take a little bit of solace in the fact that, well, we lost to the team that won it. And, and that's happened a lot. That happened to the Red Wings a lot when I was in – Detroit, the team that they ended up losing to in the playoffs, would ultimately advance to the Stanley Cup final for many, many years. And so it's like, well, at least you know we lost to the best. But you want to be the best. And this team got good experience, and this team showed a lot of promise, but something's got to happen, something's got to change. They need to inject, I think, a couple more uh, star-level players to balance out some of these young guys. But the talent, the young talent is there, and it's going to keep coming. You know, Donato for a full year is going to be a different beast. McAvoy, another year experience, is going to be much better. DeBrusque got a little bit out of it in the playoffs, didn't show you anything in Tampa against Tampa, but you know he's going to be good. You know, Achari's going to be a guy who's going to be good. You'd like to think Danton Heinen's going to be a good player in the future. So the big focus is always going to be on whether or not Tukaras can be the guy who carries you, and I don't know that we'll ever have that answer until he does it. I love Butch's saying, you know, a guy hasn't won the cup until he's won the cup, and he hasn't won the cup. Yeah. So until he does, he's going to carry that weight on his shoulder, a lot like Steve Young did when he replaced, you know, Joe Montana. It's like, take the monkey off my back when he finally won. But I'm not as frustrated as I I guess you could be, and I'm sure people are, because there's limited windows of opportunity, and they had an opportunity this year, and they didn't capitalize on it. Do you think they're good enough next year to take home a cup? Yeah, and I think that there's going to be some changes, but I don't know how you couldn't go into 2018, 2019 not thinking that the Bruins are one of the best teams. It depends on what happens with the other teams around them, not only in the East, but in the league. I mean, what we saw with Vegas, nobody 12 months ago could have ever thought that that team would be constructed and as competitive as it is. So could they contend? I think you'd be a fool to say they can't contend. Um, What keeps them from contending, I think, is injury. I think is what do you do if you lose your top goalie? I mean, if you got Anton Hudobin between the pipes for the whole season, are you going to be as good? I don't think you are. I do think that Tuca is at least a top 25 you know, top, uh, see, here's where the, the drugs screw me yeah, up. What yeah, I'm trying to say killers. is there's probably 75% of the league that's worse than he is. So he's in the top 25% of the league, top quarter of the league when it comes to 
goaltenders. So I want him between the pipes. It's just a matter of whether he can carry you through the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah. And speaking of another contender, moving on to some Celtics out of nowhere, like you talked about with Vegas, just making a run, battling injuries, just coming out of nowhere. Is this something that can be sustained? I mean, you're looking at this Sixers series. You look at LeBron coming up. Is that something that without Kyrie Irving, without Gordon Hayward, that I mean can be managed? Do you think a run at the NBA Finals is possible? I think you can beat Cleveland, but I'd, I'd never predict it until LeBron loses. I will pick LeBron until somebody beats LeBron. I will always say be the man, he's going to beat the man. Right, and it, if you're picking against him, you're a fool because he's done it so many times and – I can't get over how they just manhandled Toronto. I mean, those games weren't even close. It's like the Raptors were quaking in their boots every single time they took the court. But it just goes to show that aura of invincibility that he has in the postseason. And he has – this is probably the best postseason he's had. Yeah. And now he gets a week to rest, and they're probably not going to play, assuming that the Celtics finish it off in Game 5. Maybe Sunday is Game 1. It's going to be a great series. But anybody who thinks that the Celtics are going to be favored to win – I'd be surprised. I'd be very surprised if the Celtics are favored to win that series against the Cavaliers, given their personnel situation and given how successful the Cavs have already been in this postseason. The bottom line is they do have LeBron. They do have Kevin Love. They got two standout guys. Celtics have been impressive been fun to watch. That's the team that since October we've been watching on the big TV. You know, so the fact that they're still alive and they're still engaged and playing well and excited, I'm not the least bit phased by what happened Monday night. You've got to expect, I mean, particularly the way it was refed. I mean, they called 28 fouls against the Celtics. You knew from the outset when there were about five guys who had three fouls each going into halftime that they had no chance. But the fact is, they kind of did have a chance. You know, they were within 10 the last three minutes. If they'd hit a couple of shots, it'd be a different story down the stretch. Yeah. And do you think this changes with Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, if either of those guys are there? I mean, does that run against Cleveland change, or is it kind of the same thing that LeBron's just dominant? I'd give them more chance, and I think that they'd be in a different position, although it's pretty impressive the position that they're in, you know, going for a, a series win in five games against Philadelphia, who was really hot. But I think when you get to that specific matchup, it's can the top-tier players match up against their top-tier players? And I think that Celtics versus Cavaliers with Kyrie and Hayward and Tatum and Brown and Horford on the court have a really good chance to beat the Cavaliers. I think on paper they're a better team, and they're probably positioned better given Kyrie's experience to pull off that win. I think this is where you get into the you know, lack of experience when you've got Brown, although they did go to the Eastern Conference Final last year, and I expect him to be better, and hopefully the health and the continues and the hamstring holds up Tatum's been unbelievable I mean can you get over Tatum versus Simmons when you watch this series both younger than me it's unbelievable (laughs) though the difference in how mature Tatum seems on the court and how many times you see Simmons do something and say oh my god that was so stupid so just maybe that's coaching maybe that's just general maturity and we didn't even mention the fact that Markel Fultz is just sitting there on the bench doing nothing yeah. So Danny Ainge, in, in some capacity, a bit of a genius to position himself not only to get Tatum instead of Fultz, but kind of fleece Philadelphia to convince them that they should move up and make that trade so that they could get Fultz. Perfect. And then just wrapping up, you'll notice no in-depth segment this week on the podcast, but we got a special episode coming up this Friday. That's why. If you want to just give maybe a brief little pitch on why people should watch Friday Night In-Depth. Okay. Generally speaking, we'll take a step back. In-Depth has been a great project for us because it gives us a chance to do what we really, really like to do, which is tell stories, given time. So every about once a month, we get a chance to have our own 25 Sports In-Depth episode. And I think we're on episode six now, if I'm not mistaken. 
And this week's is going to focus on a couple of things. Butch Stearns went out and did a story on a rugby team that plays in the Blue Hills, which is really cool because it's different. I think anytime you can tell a story that's different and give it some room to breathe, that's pretty cool. So Butch has got that story. I've got a feel-good story about a guy by the name of Steve Babineau, who you may or may not know, but you certainly know his photos. He's been around Boston Garden and TD Garden since the 1970s. He was the official photographer of the Bruins for decades. He shot for the Celtics. He just came out with a Red Sox book. The pictures he took, you know if I showed them to you, because he's also been a part of the trading card business for decades. So there are, he did Wayne Gretzky's rookie card, for instance. He did the Billy Ripken famous card that, you know, went on to infamy because it had a swear on the knob of the bat. And he's telling me those kind of stories. And he's such an engaging dude. So I was up at his studio yesterday talking to him. He was just honored by the Bruins last week for years and years of service. And he's just a great storyteller, not only with his lens, but also in telling stories verbally. So we have a feature on him. And then we're also going to do something related to an event that's taking place Wednesday night this week where they're celebrating Team Impact. And remember the last in-depth episode, we did a story about Liam McGurdy, who through Team Impact was connected with the Northeastern baseball team. You shared that on the last... Yeah, featured last week. On the last podcast. Well, Team Impact is being celebrated and a lot of big names from around Boston are going to be at the event Wednesday night. Uh, It's slated to have Julian Edelman, Robert Kraft, a number of other big-name patriots, other athletes from around Boston are going to be there. So we'll have a reporter there covering that event and we'll feature that too on the in-depth. And what I also love doing on in-depth is giving updates. So I've learned some new information and follow-up based on how people responded to the last episode of in-depth and what happened to Liam McGurdy and his family and the Northeastern baseball team. So we'll share some of those updates with you and you know it kind of unfolds. We've still got three days before we do it. So things sort of come out of the woodwork here in the last couple of minutes. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks for all the kind words. Tom, where can they find you? Well, I'm at Tom Lydon, and I appreciate you checking in. And I did ask for some questions here. Uh, oh, people are just asking how you can listen. Well, if you're listening, you figured out how you can listen. Yeah. So it's on SoundCloud. It's on the website, everything else. And my buddy Dan Dardarian wants to know if Jalen Brown starts tomorrow. Do you start Jalen Brown tomorrow? Why not? I, I mean, think you start Jalen Brown Yeah, you've got to roll with the punches there. got to roll with what you've got. Yep. So. It worked well coming off the bench for the first three games, but you know, make a little switch. That could be a nice, easy switch. Uh, Be sure to check out all of our sports coverage on Boston25news.com. Tom does a lot of great work on there. Um, Check out In-Depth Friday night, like he was talking about, a lot of great stuff coming. Follow us on Expand On That 25 on Twitter. Uh, Check out our SoundCloud. Follow us there. Thanks, bud. Sweet. Thanks for coming on. No problem.